you standing next to you are your family. And to me, there's nothing more important. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Welcome back to episode 10 of Meet Us at Molly's. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Bryna, and with me as always is the lovely Gina. Gina, how are you today? I'm good, Bryna, how are you? I'm great. Um, so the few of you guys, or well, more than few I hope, that joined us, we just dropped episode 9 where we talked about 503 of PD, and in this episode we're going to talk about 603 of FIRE. Um, this episode is titled an even bigger surprise. And we don't really have any news to discuss because we just discussed it in episode nine. So if you want to see what, hear what happened this week in One Chicago fandom, go check out episode nine, just the first like 10, 15 minutes of that. Um, but yeah, so we're just going to get right into discussing the episode. And I think as much as I hate to talk about it, but I just kind of want to get it out of the way. I think we need to talk about hope. Ugh. I know. I really don't want to talk about it, but we have to. And it, she, she's a doozy in this episode, I'll tell you that. Um, so yeah, let's just, so the episode starts with Severide in the shower, and we see Hope joining him. The first few minutes, though, we get to see Severide by himself, and it's just like, bless the beautiful soul who gave us shirtless Severide to begin an episode two weeks in a row, and bonus points for it being Severide in the shower. But why we gotta go ruin it with such a great moment with Hope? Yeah, I knew immediately that this was going to go to shit. I saw the opening and I was like, Severide's in the shower. This is never good. Why else do we ever see him in the shower? And then, of course, Hope popped up. And I, like, took my hands off the keyboard so I wouldn't, like, rage tweet or, like, break my keyboard or anything. Because <laughs> I was like, okay, we knew this was going to happen. Just deep breath. It'll be over in a minute. Just, ah! Yeah, and I think I texted in the group text, like, immediately as soon as it happened, I was just like, fuck. Like, no other explanation needed, like, fuck. Because, yeah, like you said, fuck. I mean, we knew it was going to happen, but just for to see it actually happen and not just see, like, the aftermath of the hap- like what happened, yeah, it was brutal. It was brutal. But anyway, so Stella's in the kitchen or the living room or whatever, and she calls out for a Severide, you know, being like, it's time to go, like, we got to get to shift. But Hope just kind of emerges first, you know, wearing Severide's shirt, and then Severide pops in, and he's just like, oh, yeah, I'll meet her there. I'll meet you there. And Stella's like, okay, sure. And so later on in the episode, a bunch of times actually, we see Stella kind of play and like pick at Severide for hooking up with Hope, especially because Hope's leaving so soon. And Severide, this first time, he's just kind of smirks in his like classic Severide smirk. And he's, you know, just says, it's all on the table before, like everything about their whole situation was on the table before it happened. So it's almost kind of like, he was like, yeah, like, it's fair. She's fair game. Like, I knew she was leaving. She knew where I felt about this. And I'm just like, it really bothers me. And I guess, you know, we've talked about it many, many times. So I won't go into too much detail. But it's just like, really, does she really know where you stand about everything? Because, like, your girlfriend just died, you know, a couple months before this. And you just seem to have moved on so quickly. Yeah. Just Kelly has no shame, which is just disgusting. And yeah. when he tells when he tells Stella that, you know, it was all on the table before it happened. So you're totally OK with every woman in Chicago just throwing themselves at you. OK, Kelly, like what? Whatever. 
Right. And it almost just seems like out of respect for Anna, who was such the opposite of all these girls, like throwing themselves at Kelly, like you think you would have had a, like done all like whether you started dating quickly or not, or like having, you know, hookups or sex or whatever, like, okay, that's fine. That's your prerogative. But like, don't be so like smug about it. Like go like approach it with like a little bit more class. How about just class period? I mean, at this point, Kelly doesn't really have much class. It's just, yeah. Again, I mean, this is something that we, every episode we bring this up. Yeah. Even in the PD episodes, we're like, ah, Kelly. So. Yeah. Literally, probably if you go back and listen to all episodes, we probably brought Kelly in his circles and how frustrated we are about this whole thing every single time. It's, it's probably true. in all 10 episodes. But and anyway. Something so. else that I wanted to point out, too, is that Stella does spend the bulk of this episode messing with him, which is funny. It's hilarious. And yeah. I'm glad she's bringing it up, but I kind of want to see her drop the hammer on him. I kind of want to see her pull him aside and say, cut it out. You're being an idiot. Pull yourself together. Yeah, and I think someone, one of our listeners, Rachel, sent us a Twitter message about this. And she, one of the things she said was she was like, can I just say that she hates, she said, I hate the way, like, what they're doing to Stella. You know, obviously, she says, you know, Miranda's slaying the way that she's acting, like, with her acting. But, you know, she wants to believe that, Rachel wants to believe that, you know, Stella is not totally pining for Severide and just, like, poking fun at him. But, you know, obviously last week they made that such a big deal. And so it just kind of, like you said, I mean, it's great that to see that they're, you know, Stella's, like, poking fun at him. But, like, there is more to this whole thing. Yeah, and it just shows how they're... You know, they're making Stella act out of character. She doesn't yeah. pine over guys. This is not her. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, yeah. Drink my wine. Yeah. Drink your wine. And, but yeah. So later on in this episode, Stella catches Hope in the firehouse, which isn't completely odd because apparently Hope's been hanging out the firehouse a lot recently. But, you know, Hope's just like, yeah, I'm here to see Sylvie, which... But Hope's acting super awkward, more awkward than she already is. And when she does go, like, talk to Sylvie, she's like, yeah, I've had a great time in Chicago. And, you know, Sylvie's like, oh, I've, you know, I've loved having you here. And Hope's like, here's some cookies that my mom sent for you. Like, how long has Hope been there that, like, her mom's sending her care packages? I thought that was, like, a little weird. Like, yes, it's it's supposed to be an awkward moment because Hope's obviously there. We're going to talk about this for a bigger reason. But still... Hope's mom sent her a cookie. Like, what? I just, I thought it was a little weird. And, like, where do they stand on the girl code here? Because Stella knows that Severide is sleeping with Hope, but nobody's bothering to clue Brett in on this? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess Stella and Brett aren't that close, but they share Gabby, who they're both really close with. So, like, why haven't they just all talked about? I don't know. It's weird. It's so weird. I mean, I can see Sylvie being that oblivious that she's missing the fact that Hope is hooking up with Severide. Right, because it's Brett. Because it's Brett. I mean, you know, she is what we would say in Texas is like, we would just go bless her heart. But, (laughs) you know, yeah, just somebody should tell her it's just girl code. But okay, you know. Yeah. Anyway, so when Bowden gets back, because he's been out for the morning, which, again, we're going to talk about this in a little bit. Um. You know, he has, like, a redo of their, like, morning briefing, and he introduces them to the newest member of the staff at the firehouse, 
And of course, who walks out? Fucking Hope. And Severide's mouth kind of actually drops open and Sylvie just looks so confused. And Hope pulls Sylvie away kind of after they break this meeting. And she tells Sylvie, you know, I didn't want to tell you about it because I wanted to get this job on my own merits. And, you know, she's all about the last few weeks in Chicago have been so amazing. And, you know, I just saw the job posting and I wanted to apply. Okay, that all sounds great. But, like, something's up. Yeah. Like, I could just tell it right away. And it's not because I don't like Hope. And we've talked about this a lot every single episode. But you could just tell. And, like, but Sylvie's just like, you know, I wish you had told me. But she's like, oh, obviously I'm happy for you, Hope. Like, Brett, get your shit together. You can, like, I, I just, to me, I would just see right through it. I would just see right through it. Yeah, she should know something's up at this point. And just the fact that Hope is like, yeah, I just wanted to stay in Chicago. And Brett's like, okay, no questions, nothing. Yeah. And I think the thing that frustrated me the most was that, like, so then after Hope finds Sylvie, you know, she goes and finds Severide and she sees him like walking down the hall and she, they basically have this conversation and like, she's like, yeah, it's just better for us to leave things as what happened. And, you know, I had a great time, but you know, now that I'm working here, I don't want it to be an issue. And Severide just like, doesn't even have words. He's just like, okay. But I was just like, so what now you're using him? Like what is happening, Gina? I just want to stop and call all of the bullshit on this moment. So Hope is the one who threw herself at him, threw herself at him at Molly's. And now she's the one who's saying, I don't want it to interfere with my career. What? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. She's the one who, you know, is like, oh, I put my number in your phone while it was like open on the bar and like, you could use it to call me. And now she's like, I don't want anything to do with you because we work together. Um, This is Firehouse 51. Everyone has hooked up with everyone on this shift. Like, it would not be a big deal if you did the same. I'm calling it that those two are going to get caught hooking up in the shower either this coming week's episode or the next week. It's going to happen. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that would not surprise me at all. There is a funny moment after this, though, when, after they find out that Hope's going to work at the firehouse, where Stella just continues to rip on Severide. And I think she just reflects this in some sort of, like, plane crash sort of metaphor. And she's like, yeah. there's wreckage everywhere! Everywhere! <laughs> and I think it's funny, because, like, it's in the bathroom, so, like, he's, like, doing whatever. He's, like, washing his face, and she, like, comes in, and then he, like, kind of doesn't even really finish what he whatever he was doing in the bathroom. He just, like, doesn't want to hear it, so he, like, walks right out, and she's, like, yelling at him as he, like, walks out the door. Yeah, that was really funny. So um, funny. But, yeah, so in terms of this storyline, wrapping things up, at the end of the episode, everyone's at Molly's for Cruz's celebration, which we'll talk about at the end. But um, Severide, again, talks to Stella, who's still ragging him about it. I think this is, like, the third or fourth time this episode that it happens. And she's, like, you know, Stella – was like, when the girl says they don't want it to make a thing, that means it's already a thing. And Severus, you're just like, you're paranoid. And she's like, I'm para-right. Yeah. Wasn't it, I thought this was between Stella and Gabby. No, it was Stella and Severide. Oh, it was, wasn't it? Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And I'm para-right. Yeah. Oh, so Stella, great. The Stella and Gabby stuff was last week's episode at Molly's. And Gabby's like, are you sure you're not hung up on him? And she's like, no, I'm fine. Like. That was last week's episode. But yeah, I can't go paranoid... on vacation anymore. I get all thrown off. 
Yeah, no, the paranoid para right thing was Stella and Severide in this week's episode, which was just, it was funny. So um, funny. But then they just kind of, like, drop it. But the last scene of this episode at Molly's was, like, I did not see this coming. So after the whole surprise that happens at Molly's, Brett's sitting at the bar, and Connie comes up to talk to her. And she apparently got a call from Fowlerton being like, yo, did you know your friend Hope stole $10,000 from our last boss? Um, what? You find this out after you hired her? Yeah. First of all, like you said in our outline, that's a casual felony. Why don't they run background checks on their employees? Also, and then I'm just thinking about this. Who in Fowlerton decides to call Connie? Like, I bet if in anything Connie's saying someone called her and she really did some, like, digging up some dirt. I could see Hope being dumb enough to put down her last employer who she left from, like, in disgrace. And Connie doing some recon and, like, calling her prior employers to get references and things like that and that coming out that way. I mean, I could definitely see Hope not being that smart and doing that. Yeah, and I think one of our, our listener, Rachel, made a comment to us in her message, and she was like, I honestly can't even think about what would she need $10,000 for? Like, is she paying someone's medical bill? Like, what? Like, $10,000 is a fuck ton of money. Yeah, I would like to say that it's for something sketchy, but knowing the way this show goes, she's probably going to have some sob story about why she needs the money. And Yeah, they're going to try to redeem her. Yeah, just just from how hard they've been trying to paint us, paint her to like for us to hate her. I'm sure it's going to be something to redeem her. Right, not and that I'm going to bite. I'm sure it's going to redeem her in Brett's eyes, whatever it is. It might not redeem her in everyone else's eyes, but like, I think that almost pains me the most because to me, obviously, Brett's the most connected person to her, and so if she can be redeemed in Brett's eyes, then like, what does it matter that what everyone else around her thinks? Like, I'd almost kind of prefer it where if she does get redeemed that everyone else is like, oh, yeah, that wasn't a big deal. But Brett's like, no, you lied. Like, you did this thing, and I can never forgive you. Yeah. Yeah, and never mind that, you know, she came into Sylvie's world to, like, upset the family dynamic she has. That's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So. it is. Um, But, yeah, so that's all for the hope stuff, which I hope it goes to shit next week. I'm, I'm, not re- I'm ready. Too- Go ahead. I'm ready for it. I'm ready. I, I mean, I know it probably won't. I know we'll kind of start to see it unraveling a little bit. But next week will be episode four. And if, I mean, obviously, there's only a couple more episodes till the winter finale, which is episode six. So I kind of hope it spirals for a couple instances. But we'll see. Isn't next week's episode the one where the episode description said that Hope and Stella were going to come to blows? I don't remember if that was four or five. I don't remember. I'm expecting the worst. If it comes down to an all-out girl fright, I'm going to cringe and probably look away from the TV. Yeah. And if Severide's, like, in the middle of it, it's going to be bad. Severide will be in the middle of it eating popcorn. (laughs) And Casey and Bowden will be like, aren't you going to do something? Just. Yeah. Facepalm. Yeah, but so we'll see how that happens, but we're not hoping, we're hoping for the worst because I just, honestly, I want Hope to get the fuck out already, um, and it literally cannot come any faster at this point, 
I really can't even remember the last time I like, and I think maybe because I binged the first couple of seasons up until last season. So last season, season five was the first one I ever watched live. But in those first couple of seasons, whenever I had had like the really the revolving door of women, I don't think I hated any of them that much because I was binge watching it. So like I knew they didn't last that long. But I really hate Hope. And I need her to leave. Same. Same. But Did you see that, the Twitter thing that Miranda's doing where she's asking everybody to show them her hope face? Yes. Yeah. And if I wasn't sick, I would have sent a tweet. I would have sent my own picture. I feel like collectively ours will just be us with like a face palm just going, ugh. Like. Yeah, because most of the time when I sit here and we're doing this, my my two hands are like over my face and I, you know, I can't. Yeah. It's just bad. I'm just ready for her to kindly GTFO. Yeah. Same. But moving on from hope. So kind of the big thing that happened this week, there wasn't even really one. I mean, there was a case, but it wasn't like there was one big fire that kind of overcompassed this whole episode. It was really this idea of this new chief. So at the beginning of the episode, everyone arrives to 51 to start their shift, and they learn that Bowden's not going to be in for the first half of it, and they have Chief Mullins filling in. And Chief Mullins, so they have the, like, morning briefing, as they always do it, except, obviously, Chief Mullins is leading it, and he says in this briefing that, you know, he has nothing nothing but respect for Bowden, and, you know, he's only here for half the shift. But yet, somehow, he still hands out assignments to everyone and kind of and it's like stops for a moment as like Severide and Casey are exchanging looks like really like you're gonna come in and just kind of change everything around and Casey's like it's only half to shift and so what the assignments were was you know he told Casey's truck to like clean the rigs and do what whatever he said I don't remember exactly what it was and Casey's like it's only half to shift and on Tuesdays we usually do the side compartments of the rig so why are you giving us more work and Mullen's like well, because basically because I can. And, you know, he adds more work on top of this, you know, like I said, just because he can. And he almost, in this moment too, he also addresses Casey as the firefighting alderman. And I thought it was the greatest thing ever. I love how Casey corrected him and was like a former firefighting alderman. But I also heard that and I was like, that's a really, really bad superhero name. Maybe a good wrestler name. Maybe an okay rap name, but terrible superhero name. It was just funny. It was it was it was just funny because yeah, Casey was a firefighting alderman. Yeah, and I don't miss it. I don't miss it. I don't either. Anyway, so Casey then takes his team out on the floor and they start working on this assignment. And he's like, "I'm sorry, you know, that this is happening. That we have to do more work." And Stella tells him, "You know, don't worry about it." Like. What's the worst that could happen? But then, her uh, team, of course. That's like the equivalent of saying, I promise, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. The best part about this whole thing is that Herman shares, you know, oh, I texted a friend who once served under Mullins, and, you know, he says he killed more careers in the CFD than actual fires. That's awesome. never a good sign. Yeah. Never a good sign. But anyway, so then... Gabby and Brett go on this call where a driver's upset that, you know, he hit a little girl on her bicycle. And basically, the guy has a heart attack and a second ambo can't come in time. So the two of them decide they're going to take both patients to med in the back of their ambo. Can we please point out here something really funny is that 
the guy has the heart attack and Gabby finally gets him back. And the first thing he says when he wakes up, he's like, whoa, I had a heart attack. Like, yeah, this was definitely not the most realistic call they've ever gone on. But I understand they were just kind of setting up the rest of the episode. But yeah, definitely not the most realistic call they've ever gone on. It was amusing, though. Yeah, it was funny. But anyway, so Gabby and Brett come back. And they're reprimanded by Mo- from, by Mullins for breaking the rules because they took two patients in the back of their ambulance. What? They're going to leave? They can't just leave one of them because obviously you're going to take the heart attack victim first because he had a heart attack. But you're not going to leave a little kid in the street. But, like, you can't wait around for the second ambo to come because the heart attack victim needs to be taken care of. Whatever. I think the rules are stupid in this case, but whatever. Mullins is like... It's a lawsuit waiting to happen. And Matt, of course, happens to be standing there. And Matt's like, it's a judgment call made in a challenging circumstance. Best husband ever. Yeah. But Mullins is like, no, I'm taking you guys out of service. I'm forcing you to fill out detailed incident reports. And he basically says, I want all this paperwork done before he leaves. Um, You're supposed to be leaving at like, what, 12, 1, something? Like, ridiculous. And so... Basically, um, Severide talks to Casey, and at first there's like, so there's two different Severide and Casey talks. One, the first one, Kate Severide tells Casey, he's like, don't say anything, like, he's only here for half the shift, like, don't worry about it. Then, Severide comes and talks to Casey again, and he says he spoke to our old friend Captain Patterson. Yeah, Captain Patterson, who was... Oh, Patterson, like early season four Patterson. Yeah, early season four Patterson. Hated that guy. Yeah, and Patterson told him that Mullins is on the shortlist to become the next commissioner. So Severide's like, yo, Matt, scratch everything I told you initially and say something, because if this guy becomes commissioner, like, you can't deal with this. Like, this is going to be too much to deal with. So... Matt goes to see Mullins, and he gives them, you know, Gabby and Brett's reports and, you know, apologizing for stepping on Mullins' toes. And he's trying to get in good with Mullins, and he's, you know, talking about how good the people at 51 are. And Mullins basically interrupts him, and he's like, you know, when I arrived at the firehouse today, I saw cigarette cigar butts outside the door, and I wondered what kind of pride this house had and who would disrespect their home like that. Uh... You're disrespecting the cigar chats, and I'm not okay with it. Too far, sir. Too far. Right. Right. Who gives you the right to disrespect cigar chats? Yeah. Not this, okay. This was the moment where the switch flipped for me, because, like, he was just kind of doing his usual bullshit in the beginning of the episode, and I was like, whatever, Mullen, shut up, go away. And then he started to hate on cigar chats, and I was like, excuse you. That's it. Kindly leave. Get out. Bye. Yes. Bye, Felicia. Anyway, Casey's upset that, you know, that was his response to his apology that, you know, he noticed cigars, like remains of cigars, and that, you know, that that would then inform the integrity and the character of the people in the house, is that the fact that they accidentally left cigar remains outside. But, so Casey's not happy. But, anyway... 81 gets a call, and so they go out on this call, and it's a man standing on the ledge of a roof about to commit suicide. And Herman and Casey go up to the top as Mullins arrives on the scene, 
and there's already a CPD officer up there and basically kind of gives Casey control of the scene. And when Mullins arrives down on the ground, you know, he's like, does Casey know what he's doing? And Gabby's like, yeah, Casey knows whatever he's going to do whatever he has to. Best wife award ever. They are so married. So married. Right. And it's just like in every little instance, like it's not even like they have to have scenes for them like together, but like, ugh, it's so great. Can anyway. we also circle back to one thing when Gabby and or Gabby and Sylvie gave their reports to Casey and Casey was talking about how he was like, you're going to turn it in like that. And Gabby gave him this fantastic stare. It was just the best thing ever. The yeah. stare of like, excuse me, like, what are you doing? And then Casey was like, never yeah. mind. It's good. It's fine. Backing off. Yeah, that was uh, people love that moment on Twitter. That was a gif I saw a lot. So great. Just the Gabby and Casey moments this episode were just fantastic. They're just so, they're so married. It's so great. Yeah. But anyway, so Gabby says, you know, Casey's going to do whatever he has to do. So when the guy who's jumping off the roof, his name's Dan, you know, when he does finally jump, Herman and Casey, which I didn't understand what they were doing at first. They're like, start dropping these like slightly so that Dan doesn't notice and like it doesn't freak him out but they're like dropping these ropes down and like connecting them and like Stella and Otis are down a couple floors below like sticking I don't know what exactly what they were doing but it turns out whatever they were doing when the heat when Dan jumps they like pull the rope up and like push it basically catch Dan and like throw him back onto the roof I've never thought that was a thing that could happen. I guess obviously it is. I'm Jean. I'm sure obviously they've done their research that that's the way they do that. But I thought that was super interesting. Um, so basically when they throw him back on the roof, Matt calls her paramedics. The CPD officer praises Matt for the good work. And basically when Casey gets, when Matt gets back down to the ground, Mullen's like, hallelujah. And he says it like in a condescending tone. And Casey's like, if you're worried about liability and then like put it on me, you know, I could take it. Okay. I fucking hate Mullins. Like you just said it so condescendingly. I, I could, it was, I hated it in that moment. I was just like, it really bothered me. No, same, same. I do want to say though, I absolutely love the way Casey handled this case. Yeah. He sure. just, he knew exactly what to do. He knew exactly how to handle it exactly how to proceed and it was just it was awesome to see him work that way like I love he handled it like such a pro yeah so then Bowden returns thank god when they get back Bowden returns we see Bowden pulling up thank god but there's this I don't even know I didn't know where to stick it in this outline but I just stuck it here because it happens right before that Bowden shows up but one of my honestly one of my like favorite funny moments like ever in fire history happened in this episode like right before Bowdoin comes back so like squad sitting out at their table on the floor and Cap and Tony and I guess Severa I don't know who else from squad's there but Cap's like we need a new game and Tony's like what's wrong with Domino's and Cap's just like it has too much math <laughs> just like I think we've seen them speak you know obviously they're background characters you know they're there consistently so we see them every episode but they're background characters, so we don't see them a whole lot. We've seen them a lot more and even have, like, more lines this season, which I really enjoyed. But they're so funny and they're so great. And I don't think Cap and Tony get enough love. And so I'm just sticking it out there. I love Cap and Tony. 
they're the best. They are the best. That was so great. Yeah. It was just, and I didn't even notice it the first time I watched. When I watched it the second time, it's like, wait, that's, I like died. I, it was so funny. Um, but anyway, so Bowden comes back, yay. And Connie then goes and sees Casey in his office there real quick. And he, Connie's like, I need all of your incident reports. And Casey's like, but they're not due till the end of this month. Like, so like three weeks. And she's like, no, like, you know, Mullins apparently wants them and his personnel file. And so I'm sending them. So hand me your incident reports. And Casey has this look on his face like, oh, shit, I've really screwed things up. And then later on in the episode, Connie calls, like Casey and Gabby are talking about it. And Connie calls both of them into the Bowden's office. And Mullins is there and Severide's there and shit doesn't look good. And Mullins is like, you know, he goes on this long, like, rambling speech about, you know, before he gets to the point, he's like, you know, I've always thought Bowden had a sharp eye for leadership. And, you know, he goes on about how the rope rescue Casey did was, you know, nothing I'd ever seen before. And no firefighter ever would have risked it, but 51 does things and risks things. So it doesn't surprise me. And then basically, you know, he's like, Matt put the victim first, even though, he knew Mullins was there, and he knew he'd be on his hit list if he did. And Casey, you know, being Casey, was like, you know, it was all of Truck 81. You know, everyone did this. You know, it wasn't just me. And Mullins like, that's the response of a true leader. And then he recommends Casey for a promotion. So now Captain Casey is a thing. Captain and Mrs. Captain Casey. Yeah, Captain Casey is a thing. So that's so exciting, and I'm very excited because I think we're going to get to see the promotion ceremony next week is what it looks like in the promo. So very excited. I will say, though, I I hope this pans out and this isn't something they handle like the Alderman situation. Like, don't let him have it temporarily and then step down for whatever reason. Like, follow this through because this is a badass promotion for Casey. He deserves it. Right, and I'd kind of be curious to see if – I don't think it will, but I'd kind of be curious to see if they ever played up the dynamic of, like, now Casey is not, you know, Casey and Severide aren't at the same level anymore. Casey is over Severide, and so that, like, if that was ever an issue in some case where, like, Casey had to show his rank over Severide, like, that'd be really interesting to see, but... I don't know if we'll actually get that. Yeah, it just, there's a lot of questions for me that come with this promotion, so I'm guessing that he now... Outranked Severide, but it's somewhere between lieutenant and chief. So I guess yeah. Bowden is still top dog, but Casey's just like one notch above Sev. That's what I think. That's my understanding. Um, but yeah, and so Mullins ends up turning out to be not that bad. You know, he gives Casey a promotion. So yeah, that's all with this. And then probably my, honestly, my favorite part of this whole episode is Mouch's surprise for Cruz. So... Towards the beginning of the episode, while they're working on cleaning the rig, Mouch reveals that he flew in Leon to surprise Cruz for his birthday. And everyone's, like, shocked and worried since Leon initially fled Chicago because of his gang involvement. But Mouch is like, I checked in with Trudy. Like, it's going to be fine. You know, we checked in with the gang unit. Like, it's fine. And someone, I don't, I think it's Otis, is like, are you sure about that? And he's like, Match is like with his finger pointing. He's like, "Do you doubt my wife?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, so great, so great. But yeah. So then, after 
a little bit later, someone from another firehouse drops by to return some borrowed equipment or something. And he's like, yo, Cruz, I saw that your brother Leon, like, he looks good. And Cruz is kind of confused. And he's like, you know, as expected. And he's like, I'm sure, you know. And the guy's like, yeah, I'm sure it was him. Like, you know, like, I saw him this morning with a lady cop. And Cruz is like, I think I would know if my brother was in town for the first time in three years. And so Cruz, you know, of course he'd be worried. So he calls Leon and Herman, you know, in the background's like, you know, it's time to come clean before this becomes a disaster. Uh, duh. But Mouch doesn't hold to it because Mouch is like all gung-ho about this surprise. So then they're hanging out in the, I don't even know what to call it, the common room, the kitchen area of the firehouse. I don't know what you call it, but anyway, in that area, we all know that area, and everyone's, like, hanging out, sitting on the couch, and Herman's in the hall, and he, like, secretly kind of calls Mouch and Stella and Otis over without, like, wanting to attract Cruz's attention, and it's, of course, because, as we find out, Leon is in the firehouse, (laughs) go figure, and he's over in the bunk room or whatever, and Mouch is like, what the fuck is happening, like, not what the fuck is happening, but, like, what are you doing here, like, why are you here? And Leon's like, it's because Cruz keeps leaving him messages, and he just wants to tell him already. But Match is like, I want the plan to stay a surprise. He's so gung-ho about it, but it's Mouch, so it's so funny. I love the lengths that Cruz and Mouch will go to to make each other happy. Yeah. It's so no, sweet. It's, gr- it's such an underrated bromance. For real. It's But it's great. Um, so then... Cruz, like, starts coming in the room, so they hide Leon, and he's like, what's going on? And, but before this, but they don't really tell Cruz, and so Cruz leaves or whatever. But before this happens, I need to address this, because I think this would be so great. Stella and Leon have this, like, kind of flirting thing going on, and I kind of, assuming Leon is of legal age, I can't remember how old he is, (laughs) but... Assuming he's of legal age, I kind of need a hookup to happen. Because their flirting was kind of the greatest thing ever. It was fantastic. And I love how the minute Stella walked in, Leon just, like, turned on the game. And he was like, what's up? And Stella was was like, what? But she kind of seemed to be into it. Like, she didn't, like, be like, ooh, gross. Like, she was like, what's up? Like, I mean, it was just like, it wasn't like, she reciprocated it. So I was like, oh, my God, this would be great. But what would Cruz think of that? I don't know, but I'd be here. I'd be down to see what he does think about it if it means it's going to happen. True, very true. I mean, I don't know, but like, yeah. And I don't even know like how long Leon's sticking around. Like, if we're even going to see him again. Like, but I mean, that flirting was just great. And I, I really just need Stella to hook up with someone that's not Severide. It's basically where I realized I'm like out on this. Is like, is they're going to end up together again? fine I guess I can get up on board with it eventually but because I don't really ship that like I just I love Stella so much so, like I want to see her like hook up with someone yeah and the more I think about it because I know I keep saying that I want them to get back together but Stella doesn't deserve him or he no I'm sorry Severide doesn't deserve her I mean yeah. that if they got back together Stella would be settling that's what I mean is that Stella yeah, deserves yeah, yeah, yeah. better than him no for sure and that's I mean I talked to, I think I went on, I don't remember if it was last week's episode or the week before that, but I've definitely ranted about, I'm not, I'm not a big Stella and Severide shipper, 
Um, and so I guess I understand that they're pro- at this point, it's probably that's kind of who Severide's person is at this point, or that's who they've kind of made it out to seem like they keep doing this dance, which is fine. I mean, I'm fine with that. But, you know, I'm not in any rush for them to get back together. So give me a Stella hookup. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah. And even at this point, even if it's to make Severide jealous, I'm here for that. Yeah, I'm here for that, too, because then at least that shows that that's Stella just kind of taking ownership of the situation. Yeah, like it's her taking ownership of her. And she's like, you know, I'm like, especially last week with the muster, you know, she was like, I just want to show that, like, I'm a sexy woman in Chicago and like I can do my own thing. And I was like, you go, Stella. Yeah. And it's her doing something other than pining around for Severide. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if if it's going to be Stella and Leon, if it's going to be Stella and Ruzik, if it's going to be Stella and whoever, I'm here for it. Stella and Ruzik, please. I'm here for that. I'm here for that. I'm here for, like I said, Stella and Leon, whatever. Anyway. (laughs) So after this, there's a bunch of crews being concerned that, like, Leon's avoiding his calls. And, you know, he keeps telling Otis and Matt, like, something's not right. And later, Cruz tells Otis he wants to go talk to the Insane Kings after shift to see if things have blown over. Like, it pretty, like, Otis thinks it's a bad idea, and, like, he agrees to go with him. And, you know, Otis then goes to Match and is like, you need to give up the surprise already. And Match is like, no, I'm not giving up the fucking surprise. And I think at this point, to me, watching the second time, it was kind of pretty obvious that Cruz was on to him. But... I definitely didn't see that coming in the first time I watched it through. Yeah, I I knew right from the get-go. As soon as he said that, I was like, no, he's on to them, because that's not something Cruz would do. Yeah, the first time I watched it, I didn't catch it. The second time, I was like, oh, he's on to it. Like, he's on to it. But anyway, so after shift, Cruz is like, I want to bail on Molly's. Like, I'm not feeling it or whatever, and... I don't remember if it was Otis or Mouch, but they're like, you know, Casey got a promotion, so we're going to go celebrate Casey. And Cruz is like, I'm going to see Casey for every shift for the rest of my life. Like, I can just support him later. <laughs> yes, yes, so true, so funny. Um, but Otis convinces him um, with this buy one, get one free beer deal that kind of exists that doesn't, whatever. So Cruz is like, okay, fine. So he walks in. And is super, super surprised that there's, like, a party waiting for him. I think he was actually surprised about that part. I don't think he was surprised about the Leon part, but I think he was kind of surprised about the party part. But Match is like, oh, well, we have a bigger surprise for you. Leon! And, like, the crowd that's at the party, like, kind of parts ways, like the Dead Sea. And, and like, Leon doesn't show up. And he's not there. And they keep calling Match is like, and it's Leon! And there's, like, crickets. And he's like... And but Leon, and then finally, it turns out Leon's behind the bar, and he pops out. And turns out, obviously, Cruz and Leon played one on over on Mouch. And I can't remember. I think it was Jessica sent us a message on Twitter. Somebody, I, I apologize if it wasn't Jessica, and that if it was somebody else. But someone sent us a message on Twitter, being like, "I kind of wish they just like let the storyline go and like let Mouch actually surprise Cruz." Which, but I wasn't too upset by this. Like, I didn't really care that Cruz find, ended up finding out and that, you know, they played one over on Mouch. Gina, did it bother you? No, because... Mouch didn't get to get his surprise in? 
No, it didn't bother me because that's just how their friendship is. They mess with each other. Right. I think the thing that did bother me, though, is that when we heard Leon was coming back, I was super excited because I loved the episodes that, you know, I don't remember if it was two or three. I'm a bad fire fan. I apologize. I don't remember which season Leon was last seen in. But when we did see Leon last you know, those were some really great episodes for Cruz and to see more of Cruz's backstory and to see that dynamic with them as siblings. And so when I got really excited when I read the episode description that Leon's coming back, but like we didn't really get to see much of Leon. I mean, we got to see him and like know that he's a present, but more often than not, we got to hear his name being mentioned rather than like actually seeing him. And so that part kind of disappointed me. I was like, oh, like that was all the Leon we got to see. I'm like, I hope that now, obviously, he can come back to Chicago and, like, be all chill. That, like, maybe he'll come back more. Maybe he'll move back in with Cruz. Who knows? But I I was kind of disappointed that, like, this was all we got of Leon. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen more of him. Leon was – he's always been so great. And Cruz is so happy when he's around and so angsty yeah. when he's not. So it would have been so – yeah, it would be so great if we could see him for more episodes. Yeah. So – but that was all we had. Gina, do you have any last thoughts about uh, episode three? Oh, God, I'm trying to think. Um, you know, so happy that Casey got promoted, but I'm sure that's going to come with its own slew of stuff. Um, did we ever find out why Bowden missed the morning shift? Uh, yes, he's giving. he was giving a seminar at the Fire Academy. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, I didn't remember if that was something else. Um, no, I think we pretty much touched on everything. Was there, oh, I did want to say one thing. Um, neither of it, well, I'm not good at Photoshop, Brian, I don't know about you, but we've been looking for somebody to Photoshop, like a Superman logo with a C on it for Casey, like a Captain Casey thing. So if you're good at Photoshop, please have some fun. Send it our way just for fun's yeah, sake. Yeah, I'm not that talented, so I can do a little bit, but I'm not that talented, so... <laughs> Uh, just for fun for funsies you know whatever but yeah I think we discussed everything do you remember the promo because I don't remember it oh I should but I don't I was I I'm blaming everything on being sick this past week I was super out of it um I think I I don't even know if I watched the promo when it aired I think I probably turned my tv off before that so I could go to bed but uh yeah I don't remember I'm this has been a rough week for all of us. All but. of us have had a really, yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. But yeah, um, we'll keep an eye out for that. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I think we pretty much covered everything. Yeah, so that's everything for us discussing 603. Um, we'll be back next Monday for the next episode of Fire. Or if you listen to all of our episodes because you watch PD and Fire, we'll be back on Friday discussing 504 of PD um so yeah but as always you can find us on all forms of social media for the most part you know twitter instagram facebook we're just meet us at molly's um you can email us your thoughts we love 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 when people email us your thoughts i know we kind of bug people sometimes about it on twitter but it's just because we gina ashley and i you know we tend to have the same kind of habits and thoughts when it comes to our viewing of our episodes we watch a lot of the same tv shows just in general not beyond when chicago and so but we kind of all tend to agree which is great and it makes for ranting about things so much better but you know we do like to hear people's you know disagreeing thoughts 
Um, and so we love to just hear what people are thinking, especially if it does, you know, get us to see things in a different light and make us see things in a different way. So please email us your thoughts. Uh, we are at meet us at Molly's at Gmail. Um, and yeah, you can always find us on Twitter um, individually if you want to just talk about anything else, you know, something else. We watch a lot of TV, so just about anything. So I'm at Brian K13 and Gina. I am at Gina Watches TV. Yeah, and Ashley is at AshNick095. Um, but yeah, and like I said, we'll be back on Friday with, we'll be back, we should be, hopefully be back to our normal schedule of Friday and Monday episodes. But yeah, so until then, bye everybody. Bye.